Wasabi founded Carbonite, now getting back into the game. 15,000 paying customers today, launched in 2017, spent between 10 and $20 million to build his MVP with his good buddy. They've launched five companies together, had their first paying customer in 2018. Now scaling, sweet spot for them is caught $300 to $600 ARPUs. They see 70% expansion on cohorts. The company grew over the past 12 months, over 5X year over year. They've raised 80 million bucks in funding, have hundreds of millions of CapEx sitting on their balance sheet because they actually own cages, uh, sorry, computers, hardware, et cetera discs uh, inside of these data centers. Hello, everyone. My guest today is David Friend. He's the co-founder and CEO of Wasabi, the hot cloud storage company that delivers fast, low-cost, and reliable cloud storage. Prior to Wasabi, David co-founded Carbonite, one of the world's leading cloud backup companies. He's been a successful tech entrepreneur for more than 30 years. David, you ready to take us to the top? You bet. All right. You win the award for the most bankable last name I've ever had on the show. So you're already a step ahead, huh? Yeah, but don't make any jokes. (laughs) (laughs) The second step is you co-founded Carbonite, so you are not new to this space. What is Wasabi doing differently than Carbonite and other cloud providers? Well, Wasabi is just plain storage, so uh, our product is exactly the same uh, for all practical purposes as Amazon S3, which is Amazon's uh, leading cloud storage product, uh, but Wasabi is one-fifth the price. Okay. And help me, and can I put this on a timeline for me? When do you launch the company? So uh, the company was launched about three years ago. Uh, we, uh, we brought our product to market about two years ago. And uh, since then, uh, you know, we've grown rapidly. We have about 100 employees now. We have about 15,000 customers and, uh, and about 1,700 channel partners and technology partners, people who sell Wasabi bundled with uh, with various products. How do you structure the, the agreements with the 1700 partners? Um, the, the, the partners are for the most part resellers, MSPs and so forth. So they might be selling backup products like Veeam, or they might be selling video surveillance products like uh, milestone, for example. And, um, and the technology partners are asked to provide a complete solution to the customer. So they might say, okay, to do your backups, we're going to sell you Veeam software, and we're going to sell you Wasabi as the storage place to store your backups. Okay. And can you give me a general sense? I know with hosting, you can have people spending a dollar a month or a million dollars a month. Where's your sweet spot? On average, what are customers going to pay you per month? Well, typical, a customer doing backup, for example, uh, might be uh, storing 50 or 100 uh, terabytes of data. And Wasabi is $6 a terabyte per month. Uh, compared to $23 per terabyte per month for Amazon S3, for example. And uh, so, you know, a customer with 50 terabytes or 100 terabytes might be spending $300 to $600 a month. But we have some very large customers as well, you know, people like uh, some big universities and so forth who are storing many petabytes. And, uh, you know, so a petabyte is 1,000 terabytes, so it would be $6,000 a month for uh, a petabyte of storage. That's a million gigabytes. So it's a lot of storage. Any customers where you look at the annual contract value and it's north of a million? Um, Don't uh, name them, but... (laughs) Yeah. And and of course, there'll be more and more of those because the amount of data being stored in the world is just exploding. And uh, a petabyte of uh, data used to seem like an unimaginable large amount of storage, but we sell that much storage every couple of days now. Mm -hmm. And is it really just price point or are there other kind of feature-based reasons people are are coming to you? Uh, It's primarily price and performance. So we're cheap and we're fast and we're uh, extremely durable. We have what's called 11 nines of durability, 
which is the same as Amazon S3. And uh, if you put that in human terms, if you gave me a million files to store, the probability of my losing one would be once every 659,000 years. So unlikely, let's put it. <laughs> so David, if that's the case, I mean, what prevents Amazon can afford to lose more money than you. So why don't they, why doesn't Amazon give up all their margin, undercut you and, and take all your customers? Well, I, I wouldn't want to be the person that walks into the CFO's office at Amazon and says, uh, gee, I think we ought to wipe uh, four or five billion dollars off the top line because some little company in Boston is running annoying advertisements. Um, you know, that, that typically doesn't happen. And, you know, the history of American uh, industrial history is, is full of cases where companies come in and sell something that is uh, similar to what somebody else has, but at a disruptive price. And it's very hard for the incumbents to just drop their price and see their whole business model have to change. Well, it's easier to do that in software, though. Amazon's done it in diapers, which have a higher cost of goods sold than software. So it might not be four or five billion a market cap. But if you go to significant scale, a- Amazon would pull this trigger in. I mean, they wouldn't hesitate, I don't think. Or they might buy us. There are lots of solutions. So why would they so, buy you when they can just decrease their price? It's probably cheaper to decrease their price and just undercut you on well, price. We have a technology advantage. Amazon's product. Okay, you didn't tell. So you didn't tell me that. What's the technology advantage? And the technology advantage is we've written our own file system, which takes advantage of some new kinds of storage technologies. And at Carbonite, where we were backing up a half a billion files every day, we learned how to do storage really, really well and really efficiently. Uh, so we use a very high percentage of the available disk space. We make the disks. We have some tricks that we do that make a disk last significantly longer than it's supposed to last. Uh, so the amortization spreads out over a longer period of time. So there's a lot of things we learned at Carbonite as to how to really cut the cost of cloud storage. And we've implemented that. And for Amazon to simply drop price, they could do it. But unlike diapers, <laughs> you know, storage is a multi-billion dollar product for for Amazon. And it just seems unlikely to me that they're going to do that. So David, I thought you were going to say, unlike diapers, uh, cloud storage is not a shitty business. That would have been a home run. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a home run. I would have ended the interview right there. Done. credit for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, now look, can I do the math? 15,000 customers, 300-ish sweet spot per month. You have some that are probably way bigger and you have some maybe that are smaller, but that puts you at like 4.5 million a month in terms of recurring revenue. Is that about right? Well, we, I, I can't talk about our revenues because we're still privately held and you know I just don't want to go there. Okay. Well, I'm only kind of multiplying numbers you already gave me though, right? So we asked ARPU and you said it was around between 300 and 600 bucks and you said 15,000 customers. So I, I'm not, I don't want to make up any data here. I'm just multiplying those numbers you gave me. Is there any reason those wouldn't be accurate? Uh, no, but okay. um, you know. You're trying to force me to tell you what our revenue is, and I can't do that. <laughs> uh, I'm not necessarily looking to do that, but you already gave me two hard data points. You said 15,000 customers and a $300 ARPU. The way you'd calculate revenue is multiplying two numbers you already gave me. So since I'm only multiplying because you already gave me them. All I'm asking is, is there any reason that I... I- well, you asked what our sweet spot is, and, and I'm just saying that we have lots of small customers. We have a small number of big customers. But the customers that we like, the customers that we go after in that sort of 10 to 100 terabyte range, that's where most tend to end up. We don't we don't actually go after smaller customers, but, you know, anybody can go to our website, put the credit card in and uh, and sign up and start using Wasabi. 
So, yeah. so, so where did you get your first one? Oh, you said you kind of started writing code and for this in 2017, went to market in 2018. Is that right? Yeah. And, and then well, first, my, my, my co-founder, Jeff Flowers, who's our CTO had been thinking about this new storage architecture for a number of years. So, uh, you know, this was something that had been bubbling up in his mind and I, I don't know when he started thinking about it, but clearly quite a long time ago. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to get at is when I, when I interview entrepreneurs, especially an entrepreneur that's already been through the ringer once is trying to understand how they think about risk pre-revenue. In other words, how much money they're willing to spend to build out the MVP before their first dollar of revenue. I'm curious how intensive that was for you. Do, do, do you have an idea? Do you spend two, three, five million building the MVP? More than that. Okay. Um, and we've raised $80 million to date. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we funded the development pretty much out of our own pockets for a while. Uh, we made a lot of money off Carbonite. And, and in fact, Jeff and I have had uh, five companies together prior to, to Wasabi. So, uh, you know, we don't really need to go raise money to start a new venture. And in, in addition to that, we have a lot of investors who've made money with us in the past and they typically are standing there with their open wallets saying, whatever you guys are doing next, let us know because we'd love to invest. Um, so, but it's, it's, a uh, to build a product at this scale takes a lot of money. Um, can, can you quantify that? A range is fine. Though. I mean, are we talking like 10 to 20 million or something on MVP? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. In that range to build the product and then, you know, and, and to touch it and market it and to get it stable is, is a lot more, you know, our business model is a lot like building apartment buildings. You know, you build the building, you fill it up with tenants when the building's 70% occupied, it starts making money and then you build another building and we build a data center. We fill it up with customers bits. And when it gets to a certain uh, occupancy level, so to speak, uh, we build another one. So that data and, center sits uh, on your balance sheet then. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you're, we're, we'll have hundreds of millions of dollars worth of CapEx on our, on our balance sheet. Um, you know, within a, a short number of years. Yep. Was there no way to do this leasing space? Why was it important for you to actually own the data centers? Oh, we don't actually own the buildings. I mean, we go into Equinix and Flexential and Iron Mountain. So we're in a number of, uh, of different companies' data centers around the world. So we have data centers here in the U.S. We have data center in Europe. We have data center in Japan. Um, but sorry, and, David, uh, when you say you have a data center, that means you own the data center, right? No, no, we're in a colo facility where we own a cage. It's a Wasabi data center, but we're in somebody else's building. We don't want to be in the physically in the real estate business. Okay, so the hundred hundred of millions of dollars of capex on your balance sheet, if it's not the real estate of the data center, is that just like add up all the cage the cage infrastructure inside each data center? Thousands and thousands of disk drives, computers, all kinds of other stuff. I networking. See. Yeah. I see. Okay. So let me just repeat this. Uh, fair to say you spent, you guys spent between 10 and 20 million bucks pre before you had a first dollar revenue just to build the infrastructure. You then start bringing on customers. How'd you get the first hundred? Do you remember? The first hundred customers? Yep. Uh, we started to advertise. People came to our website, put their credit cards in and that was that. What terms did you target? What? How'd you, how'd you, aver- where'd you advertise and what terms, if it was like a Google uh, ad, what terms did you target? Yeah, we did a lot of Google advertising. So if you went to search for Amazon S3, uh, Wasabi would show up. If you went to search for object storage, Wasabi would show up. And uh, we did radio advertising. We were on NPR. Uh, we, we advertised in lots of computer uh, publications, both online and in print. Uh, so, you know, we just we spent, uh, you know, a couple million dollars and blasted our name out there. 
continue to advertise fairly heavily, although nowadays more and more of our business is going through the channel. And so we're, we're de-emphasizing that and spending more money now supporting our channel partners. So, so would you say last year in terms of, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say you have to get some customers before the channel partners are going to get interested in you. But we're a completely channel focused company. Got it. When you were ramping up ad spend on the early days, uh, let's just look at last year, 2019. It sounds like you spent a couple million on ads, but obviously that's declining this year, more reseller focused. Yeah, instead of advertising on NPR, we might be advertising in channel reseller news or something like that. I see. Or co-op advertising with our channel partners or working in trade shows, things of that sort. So we're, we're redirecting more and more of our marketing dollars towards the support of our channels. So if I'm a reseller for you, what does the reseller agreement look like? Is it a 30% kickback or is it pay per lead or how do you incentivize them? Uh, yeah, they get a, 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 a discount. Or, or a margin on any channel, any cloud storage that they sell. And so typically our resellers are people who might have sold uh, an EMC box or a NetApp box or something like that as a way to provide storage to their customers. Customers are coming back nowadays and saying, gee, do I really want to own all that hardware? Or is it time to start thinking about moving our storage to the cloud? And we want to make it possible for the channel partner to sell cloud storage and make the same kind of margins that they would make if they were selling hardware. And at the same time, the customer saves a lot of money. Typically, you can store a petabyte of, was- of data in Wasabi for less than just the annual maintenance on, a, on the equivalent amount of hardware. Can we quantify this? So if a customer goes direct to your website and buys the equivalent of $100 a month worth of storage, if they go through a, a reseller partner instead, how does that 100 flow through the system? Do you sell it for 100 to the reseller? The reseller can market up whatever they want? The reseller typically will sell it for the same price that we would sell it for. Okay. Uh, they get a discount. So, you know, they get a, a, a reasonable margin on that. Is reasonable like you're talking like 30, 40, 50%, something like that? It's similar to what they would get on hardware. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not familiar so with what that it is. Varies, it can vary from 15% if you're a very small uh, reseller up to a, a higher number. And I, I can't disclose the highest number. But nothing, but, ab- uh, nothing above like can, nothing above like 50%, right? Okay, got no. it. So between no. 15, 15, and 50%, depending on how big a reseller you are, that's the discount you're giving. And if you're a technology partner, for example, we have some companies that bundle Wasabi in to, uh, into their products and sell a complete solution. Wasabi is kind of hidden behind the scenes, so to speak. So they can charge whatever they want for the storage. So, you know, there are products out there that you would you would probably buy or use and you would never know that it was Wasabi that was storing the data, Um, you know, like photography programs and things like that. And the cost of the Wasabi is bundled into the, into the, uh, to the vendor's product and they can, they can make whatever they think the market will, will bear. Yep. No, this is obvious. This is obviously a hot space. You know, one of the companies a lot of people are watching very closely is Snowflake uh, in this space for potential, you know, S1 filing this year. They really only price against, again, one utility metric. It sounds like you're doing the same. You're pricing against kind of one utility metric. Is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, I think Wasabi is is, uh, probably a, a forerunner in the sense that we are we see storage as being a commodity. It's like electricity or bandwidth. You know, it's just something that should be available to everybody. There's no reason why people should have to go out and buy their own storage hardware 
any more than they would want to build their own electric generating plant, you know, out back. I mean, that used 150 years ago, people did have their own generators out back. You know, every one of these old brick factories in New England had a power plant out back. But, you know, nowadays you wouldn't think about that. And I think if you look forward five or 10 years in this market, when people need to store data, they're just going to assume that there's something someplace out there that's cheap and fast and and uh, accessible with a, a standard interface that everybody can use. Yep. And, and that's kind of our vision of where the market's going to go. David, as we move towards wrapping up here, a couple last questions for you. hundred folks on the team right now. How many are engineers? I would guess probably 40, 50, something okay. in that nature. And it yep. sounds like most of your sales are coming from resellers, but do you have any people full-time that are account executives, you know, quota carrying sales reps? Yeah, in, in Europe, we're 100% channel uh, because we started that way, but we already had primary demand built up in Europe. In the U.S., uh, we still have a, an in-house sales team that sells direct, and I think there may be a dozen people on that team okay. and so forth. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. But you got to do it now. Again, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Fast forward other economics here, uh, any storage business, you always like to look at what expansion revenue looks like, right? They get addicted to you, they start using you more and they expand hopefully naturally without you having to touch them. When you look at those numbers for you, what does they look like? I mean, do you have a net revenue retention in the 120, 130 range? Um, yeah, the, the 2018 cohort of customers grew 70% from 2018 to 2019. And it looks like they're going to grow about the same amount from 2019 to 20 to 2020 as well. So every, every customer we have, almost without exception, is adding more and more data. Um, David, and, is that 70% know, on a gross or net basis? Uh, well, that's gross. I mean, most people are paying the same price. They're all paying $6 per terabyte per month whether they buy through a reseller or whether they buy direct. I guess my question is of the cohort from 2018 that was paying you, some of them potentially paid for less storage, but others expanded to the tune where when you add those two together, it's 70% growth or 70% before you take away any, any lost revenue downgrades. Oh no. The, uh, the average 2018 customer grew the amount of storage 70% year over year. Okay. Net. So that if they've deleted stuff, uh, that would come off. Okay. That. So that's, that's that is a net, net. That is a net number. That's great. So basically, what I'm hearing you say is about 170 percent net revenue retention, uh, which is obviously an, I would consider that world class. Very rarely do I hear anything above 140 in the SaaS space. So it's a testament yeah. to the business model and the product market fit. All right. Well, you know, every time you turn around, you need to store more stuff. So it's it's surprising how fast. If we never sold another customer. 
you know, we think that kind of growth with the existing customers would continue for some time. Yeah, that's good. Now, it sounds like obviously you're burning capital to drive this kind of growth. A guy like you that's been through the ringer many times, many, many financial and cyclical cycles. What are you comfortable with right now burning per month to drive this kind of growth? Well, I wouldn't disclose that, but it's it's probably less than you would think. (laughs) What do you think I'm thinking? Well, you know, you, you know what the revenue numbers are. You know, we have a hundred, a uh, hundred employees. So the burn rate is going down. The the real burn rate for Wasabi is just capex, and and you know, so in the future, you know, the charge for my CFO will be, can we get debt financing? Yeah, financing? that was my next question. Why take dilution on eighty million when you have so much on capex? Why not keep your equity and do debt financing from the start? Exactly. Uh, you you need a certain amount. Nobody's going to lend you money if you don't have some equity capital underneath. Yeah, so you're you David Friend, some- though. You're you're gonna whatever you touch <laughs> is going to turn to gold. I'd give you debt on day one. <laughs> We're actually doing pretty well on the debt side. Oh, you have debt already. Maybe not for that very reason, but okay, but, uh, perhaps that has some contribution there. Okay, which is, you know, we have good relationships with lenders who made uh, a, a good a good amount of money on carbonite and they're back to back the next thing that's very good uh in terms of growth rate year over year is it basically that 70 percent? you're growing 70 percent year over year oh our, our revenue growth rates about 5x year over year so uh, we're growing very rapidly we're growing you know typically 15 to 18 percent month over month right now okay now that's obviously so, easy with smaller numbers if you're at a 50 million run rate right now you're not going to 5x year over year i don't think correct well, we'll see what happens. I mean, we have some uh, we have some uh, customer prospects right now that, if we win them, are bigger than the entire company. Mm-hmm. So, do so you it, you it feel like it's possible then? But I do see I I do see uh, that a business like this can scale pretty quickly because it's really just a matter of deploying more storage. That's right. And so, if a customer shows up today that is bigger than the whole company, we'll scramble around and figure out how to add more equipment. It takes about 90 days to build a new, uh, a new storage facility. And so that's not a whole lot of time. So it, it is possible for this thing to keep growing at a, a, a multi-hundred percent uh, annual growth rate. Yeah, ju- just obviously gets year. harder, right? I'm taking your $300 kind of sweet spot times 15,000. You won't confirm this, but I'm pegging your revenue at somewhere around 50 million right now. And if it was 10 or 5x year over your growth, that means you're doing called a 10 million run rate 12 months ago. If you 5x 50 million, you're 250 million run rate uh, and you'd be IPOing, right? So I would just, I would be very impressed if you're at 50 right now in ARR and you 5x year over year. That would just be incredible. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Very good, David. All right, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Um, I don't have a favorite business book, but I, I would say Getting to Yes by Roger Fisher, the Harvard Law School. Number It was probably the most influential business book for me because it taught me a lot about how to, how to negotiate, how to get agreement. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, no. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Wasabi? Online tool for building Wasabi? Uh-huh. Something you use. I don't know. You'd have, uh, it's been 30 years since I've done any engineering. <laughs> so any kind of, like there's it. all kinds of tools besides engineering tools though. Just name something you use to keep the company built growing. Uh, well, you know, I mean, our financial systems, our net suite, which we're putting in is really the key to, you know, allowing the company to build and operate like a real business. And it's a big investment in time and money. 
but um, you know we're going to be a big company someday, and uh, you know we need tools that are are world class tools. Number so, uh, number four, David. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Sleep. Yep. I, I never use an alarm clock, so it's as as long as I as long as it takes for me to wake up, which is about <laughs> how long. Seven. Typically seven hours, I would say something like okay. that. And David, what's your situation? Married, single kiddos? I'm married, four kids. I bike, I run, I hike, I windsurf. I, <laughs> I love that. How, David, how old are you? My wife describes me as a gerbil. Uh, <laughs> I'm 72. Wow, I love this. Okay, take us back to your 20-year-old self. Last question. What do you wish you knew? What do I wish I knew? When you were 20. Oh, what do I wish I knew when I was 20? Um, to relax. Um, not things too seriously. Got um, it. I was a little frenetic. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Wasabi founded Carbonite, now getting back into the game. 15,000 paying customers today. Launched in 2017. Spent between 10 and $20 million to build his MVP with his good buddy. They've launched five companies together. Had their first paying customer in 2018. Now scaling. Sweet spot for them is caught $300 to $600. ARPUs, they see 70% expansion on cohorts. The company grew over the past 12 months over 5x year over year. They've raised $80 million bucks in funding. Have hundreds of millions of CapEx sitting on their balance sheet because they actually own cages. Uh, sorry, computers, hardware, etc. Discs uh, inside of these data centers. David, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks. Good talking to you.